At Journey Beyond Divorce, we understand that navigating through the emotional tsunami of separation and divorce is one of the hardest journeys you'll take. And we know that once the initial fear and pain begins to pass, a whole new storm of confusion, uncertainty, and self-doubt can surface. Journey Beyond Divorce can help you identify and clarify where you're feeling stuck and what steps you need to move forward, even if they're just baby steps. We guide you with practical, tangible support that you can start implementing right away. Our team of experienced divorce coaches is ready to help you. Listen through the show because we have a gift just for you. It'll help you navigate your divorce with more calm and confidence. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Journey Beyond Divorce on Divorce Source Radio. I'm Steve Peck, and we've been taking you through the 12-step divorce recovery series with Karen McMahon of Journey Beyond Divorce. And today, we're on step six, and we have a special guest, Sheila Knopp, joining us. Welcome back, Karen. Hi, Steve. Great to be here, as always. Thank you. Step six, what are we talking about today? Well, step six is uh, I keep getting stuck in what was. Uh, So it's how we get stuck in the past. And we're going to be sharing two tools to shift your gaze from the rearview mirror to the front windshield during divorce. And I'm really excited to welcome Sheila uh, to join us today. Sheila is a part of our team of relationship and divorce coaches, and she was drawn to Journey Beyond Divorce because of her own story and journey. It was after a 30-year relationship that Sheila found herself going through an unexpected and, in her words, soul-draining, as many of you could probably relate, a soul-draining divorce that tested her emotionally, financially, and spiritually. And as you'll hear, as Sheila shares today, she's incredibly proactive. And she had gone out and found a therapist, and she began taking yoga classes, and she even joined a divorce support group. But it wasn't until she found Journey Beyond Divorce and hired a life coach um, that she felt empowered to process and manage all of the debilitating emotions that she was experiencing, the anger, pain, fear, sadness. And that experience actually motivated Sheila to become a certified life coach, to join us here as part of our team at Journey Beyond Divorce and to dedicate her practice to supporting others navigating divorce. So we love having you on the team, Sheila, and I'm so excited to have you with us today. Uh, Say hi to our listeners. Oh, sure. Thank you, Karen, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Thank you so much for having me on the show to speak on this very important topic. So let's jump right in. In today's show, Sheila and I will be discussing judgment Judgment. and how it taints the way we see and experience everything. Mm -hmm. We're going to invite you to look with new eyes at the way you view your past especially, uh, but also your present and your future through the lens of judgment. And we're really going to start... unveiling the impact that that our judgment has on 
on everything that we experience. And we're going to invite you into a, an alternative to judgment, and that is the practice of curiosity. So today we're really going to be looking at what is judgment and how does it affect what is already an incredibly difficult transition. And what do we mean by curiosity and how do we begin to practice that in a way that can uh, improve our experience? So to jump right in, judgment categorizes things. So you, everything, if you stop and think about any situation that you're facing, any individual that you're interacting with, there's a part of our mind that says this, this situation is good or bad. This person is right or wrong. And so judgment really confines things into black and white. And we don't consciously do it. We actually often unconsciously do it. And judgment is really our opinion. And so if you think about something that you're soon to be ex is doing or an experience that you had from your life experience and from your perspective and your opinion, you see that thing as, as good or bad or right or wrong. And, uh, what unfolds in the future, given the current circumstances, is impacted by how we judge and then how we react to our judgment. Judgment is very limiting, and that's really what we want to shine some light on today is how limiting it is when we judge and how it actually keeps us stuck in old patterns of thought and behavior. And so what do you do? What do I do if I'm not judging? And some people say to me, well, it's, it's discernment. And we'll talk a little bit about that because there's a big difference between judgment and discernment. Um, so if I'm not judging, what do I do? Well, instead of us thinking that we know, we, I know why my soon to be ex did that thing or said that thing, or, or I know how the divorce is going to unfold and I know that I'm going to be in this bad place. Like all these things that we're so certain we know. Today's show is about inviting in curiosity and curiosity really invites us um, to consider what we don't know. It opens us to learning and it opens us to possibility and it engages us in inquiry. We begin to ask more questions instead of being so certain that we know everything. And what curiosity does that, that's the most valuable and, and powerful is that it leaves us open to explore and to consider new options and new possibilities in every interaction as well as the bigger picture of our life. Make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And we want to know, like, when we're stuck in the past, it's through that lens of judgment. We get, sometimes we get caught in that loop of our old thoughts and patterns, and we just can't access new options. How can we do that? How can we change the story and, and look at it a different way so that it, we don't get stuck in that loop? I know I was stuck in that loop. And, and I felt like that sometimes I was just, um, I was just operating with half my brain because half of my brain was always in that story, like what happened and how did that happen? And until I broke free of that and just stopped, stopped with the story, with the regret of the past. 
And I'm going to jump in with something very tangible. I have one client that I'm working with, and uh, he he continually brings up this this um, perspective that had he done things differently, that everything would have unfolded differently and he wouldn't be facing divorce. Mm -hmm. And so the judgment is number one, that um, what he did, that he was, he was wrong and he did things the wrong way. And so there's a tremendous amount of guilt and shame and regret that is wrapped around this perspective of his. And the other judgment is had I acted differently, I know things would have turned out differently. And and again, there's judgment there because how do you know that? Well, because then she would have become the wife or done the things or been more accepting or loved me more or whatever it is. And curiosity, which we'll get to in a few minutes, gives us the opportunity to say, well, is that true? Mm-hmm. Do we know that that's an absolute or is that just one of many possibilities and so when we get caught in the judgment of our past which is either judging our spouse for all the things that they're all the reasons they're bad or all the things that they did wrong or all the reasons why we can accuse and blame that person or do it to ourselves where we're, it, it's very limiting. We're putting ourselves in a box and not only are we putting ourselves in a limiting box, but it's a box that feels really bad. It It's filled with those heavy emotions of regret and guilt and shame or anger and disappointment. All of that comes with that limiting judgment that we've placed on the past. Mm-hmm. It's that woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know, that um, and if we would have, could have or should have, we, we things would have turned out differently. But I always like to use that metaphor of the rear view mirror versus the front windshield of a car, the proportion of it, like the rear view mirror is small because what's behind us is not as important as what's in front of us. So that's where if we put our focus towards what's in front of us, that's where the power lies in freeing ourselves of getting stuck, of unstuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's it's a great analogy to use. You have this tiny little rear view mirror, you have this big front windshield, and so often uh, we are looking out of that that small that small mirror. And you know, in terms of the judgment that I was just speaking about, there are some of you who are thinking, well, that's that's not that's not my story at all. And so let me give you another side of the coin of the judgment coin. Uh, my spouse and I had the best relationship ever. We were best friends. You know, we, I'm devastated because this is all so terrible and I couldn't have wanted anything better. And I've, I've had dozens of clients who have been left who come and that's where they begin. They, that's how they begin talking about their, their marriage. And typically after two or three sessions when we start poking around at what happened and how did it happen and what was your part, what comes to the surface is a very different story. That I had one client who had exactly that story and then 
um, she started explaining that how when she was sick and had to go in for a medical procedure, she was completely abandoned by him. And when she had to um, take care of the kids and do something else, he was never around. And, and what started coming up was all this stuff that she you know, she was like, I was, she was just not really facing it and patterns of behavior. And so her rose colored glasses, which kept her in such incredible heartbreak, she was just weeping constantly. And it wasn't really true. Mm-hmm. And not that there weren't good things about the marriage, but the whole, I'm losing my best friend, I'm losing like the most incredible partner of my life was a story that had this judgment on it that left her in such a difficult place. So you may be listening and maybe thinking that way that no, you know, everything was wonderful and I never wanted this. And I will acknowledge none of us ever want this. But the whole everything was wonderful is a place to invite curiosity in. Because marriages where everything was wonderful don't end up in divorce and so there's something else going on and when we can open let go of that judgment and open ourselves up to inquiring we begin to explore something that's more real yeah in, in each case we we think we know how life would have unfolded and we react to the story of what was you know that that this was this great this great marriage, this great love affair, until we start peeling away and seeing what was it really? You know, it's, it's almost like also when someone passes, he was like the most wonderful person in the world until you really get down to it and think about, you know, they, are, they were great people, but, you know, they, everybody has flaws and so did their relationship also. Why do we do that? Why do we only <laughs> see the good in these relationships and block everything that wasn't so good at that moment because it really does make us feel horrible worse than we should we're not seeing the total picture why do we do that to ourselves? i think that's such a great question steve and i've found that with with a number of these clients it actually was a coping mechanism and you know if if you've got something going on where you're feeling let's say for instance emotionally abandoned in your marriage but you're you know you've got the two and a half car garage you've got the white picket fence you've got all this stuff it's like you begin to to rationalize and cope and create a story around things. And I I had this one client who, it turned out that she was married to a psychopath and she came to me and she um, she just had this story that they were just so incredible and he put her up on a pedestal and everything was wonderful and they had a lot of material goods. But what came after that, um, was so it was actually devastating to her to to begin to realize what she was the her own um, her own story that she was living in and how different reality was and you know we talked in in uh, I think it was step five about grieving where we dose ourselves with reality and in these early stages when we first start talking to clients and really encourage them to poke at their story whether it's regret or or guilt or whatever about the past it's usually done in those doses to just slowly let it in so that psychologically we can handle it so i do think it's a coping mechanism yeah 
I, I also, I think that uh, part of it is that we accepted the behavior. So, of course it was okay, because why would we have stayed? We stayed, so it must have been good. We wouldn't have stayed if it wasn't. Until we start getting into the coaching and realizing it wasn't, then people start realizing, wow, I stayed much longer than I probably should have. I think that you're absolutely right. I, I think mm-hmm. that there's different ways that we rationalize. And I, and to stay on the, the concept of the focus on the past for a second, the reason that we're doing an entire show on getting stuck in the past in judgment is because if you think about it, no matter what your story is of the past, for every moment you live in the past, you are completely 100% disempowered to do anything about it. We have no control over the past. And so when we're when we're looking in the rearview mirror, when we're reliving what shoulda, coulda, woulda, and all of that, divorce is, is so difficult to begin with. And then when we live in the past, it's like we take whatever power we could have and and we throw it out the window because we're living in a place that doesn't exist. We're thinking about a reality that doesn't exist. What happened in my marriage two days or two years ago, I have no control over today. And so one of the key things is to take a look at the judgment and then... Um, in our next show, uh, step seven, we're actually going to really get into the stories that we create around the judgment. So you want to listen in on that. And then right after that, step eight is actually all about living in the present moment. So these next few shows are very intricately connected with each other. And I really invite people to kind of uh, listen in to each of them. And we'll be back with more of the show after this. We're there right when you need us the most, and we make sure you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you between calls to be more effective. I was very fortunate to find Journey Beyond Divorce. I would go searching for any piece of information that could either A, give me more knowledge about the divorce process itself, or B, could talk me down emotionally. And I found that Journey Beyond Divorce was really instrumental in providing both things, one, the guidance of the divorce process itself, as well as talking about self-maintenance and what does the individual need to do to kind of cope with it. Let us help you gain a broader perspective and determine your best next steps with our free Rapid Relief Lifeline call. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call. So what we want to do is say, instead of spinning our wheels by thinking about the past, instead of living in this complete lack of empowerment by living and focusing on something that we can't do anything about, um, how do we begin to shift? Um, Because when we do that, we're living in even more struggle. And you've heard this theme throughout all of our shows, which is how do we create more pain and suffering? Because everything that we do at Journey Beyond Divorce is to help you notice where you're creating additional pain and suffering. There's enough pain and suffering in divorce without us creating additional pain. And so in this show, 
we're going to invite you to notice your judgment and and then the next question is well how do we step out of it um and and once we can start stepping out of judgment and then replacing it with something else and so let's jump into that how do we um how do we step out of judgment i would say that um forgiveness is one way to step out of judgment because we you you let go of i like to say that forgiveness is giving up the hope for a different past. I know that a lot of people have found peace in that because it's hard to forgive sometimes. And some people think that forgiveness means, oh, it's okay what everyone did to me. I'm just gonna accept and you're okay, you did okay, but it's really not that at all. It's Forgiveness is not condoning what the other person did. It's just letting yourself be free of the hope, giving up that hope for a different past. It is what it is. and. If they knew better, they would do better. That's to the people that created the harm to you. Yeah, and you know, the the word forgiveness is such a four-letter word. And if you're feeling triggered right now, it makes perfect sense. Like, I am never going to forgive that SOB. I mean, we've all been there and it makes sense. And so I want to put this into um, a bit of a, uh, a paradigm for you, something uh, that, that you can grab onto. When And we talk, we have an entire show on energy. It's called the Divorce Recovery Plan. So if what I'm about to say resonates with you, look that show up um, and, and listen to more detail on it. But when we're in that judgment, we're either in uh, a place of feeling defeated and powerless and... Um, and hopeless and helpless, or we're in a place of a, a lot of anger, frustration, disappointment. So either way, it's all of this like heavy, heavy emotional energy. And and the more we judge, and this is the key statement, the more we judge, the more we time we spend in those heavier energies. And if you think about it, when you look at something you, and you have no judgment of it, you have peace around it. It's like, it's not good or bad. It just is, and that's that's cool. That's their thing. That's fine, right? So, like, there's no emotional attachment. But when we and it could, let's take it away from your soon-to-be ex. Let's um, look at you know, you could look at politics and how angry people get about that. Like, you know, this candidate and that party's bad, and this one's good, or or something that happens in the PTA, or something that happens at your office. And the minute you judge it as 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 good or bad, the minute you judge it as bad, you have an emotional reaction. And so when we talk about how to step out of judgment, um, even before forgiveness is detachment, to be able to say, you know what, um, I'm noticing I'm judging this and I'm going to try and let go of my judgment. And if it's your spouse and if your feeling is he's always been a certain way or she's always she's always overspent no matter how much I ask her not to or she never comes home she works too many hours or whatever it is and and I know why she does it I have a story for why she does it all of this judgment to be able to detach and say well actually what are the facts the facts are a certain amount of money is being spent the facts are there's certain hours where that person isn't here where I could use their help instead of the why is the judgment they do that because because they're a bad person because they have a manipulative way about them that's the part we're suggesting that you detach from forgiveness typically follows detachment um 
uh, Melanie Beattie has a book, um, The Language of Letting Go, and just beautifully written, talking about uh, detaching with love and beginning to pull away from all of our judgments so that we can take care of ourselves. And so when we move into that place of less judgment, detachment, the beginning steps of forgiveness, a lot of that that um, heavy emotional energy begins to dissipate. And when it dissipates, it's almost like if you thought of all of that heavy emotional energy as pu- pulling you underwater, and when you let go of it, your head bobs above water, and you can see more, yeah, you can breathe more. Um, and that's exactly what happens when we begin to let go of our judgment. Yeah, and it, it feels so good. It's, it's entering a place that's freeing and you know I had a client that um, she thought that her marriage was also a wonderful wonderful marriage and and that it should have stayed and should have been and and she had the woulda coulda shouldas but afterwards when she did some letting go of that and the judgments of what happened she created a wonderful life that that just you know was so fulfilling for her and that was only after a lot of work of letting go of, of all the judgments that she had about what happened to her and what she could have done differently and why this happened and, and let go of it and now can be free. Yeah, um, I'd like to share um, a, a, a personal story on uh, somewhat similar to that, a little bit different. So I've, I've been now divorced 10 years and... For 10 years, I've had a lot of difficulty um, with uh, with my ex and finances. And in the early stages, with a tremendous amount of hostility, he would be like, okay, I'm sending out your extortion check this month, you know? And it was just like, it was so drenched in bitterness and hostility. And I would jump in and I would judge him as, you know, not not caring about taking care of the kids or being a financial, you know, train wreck or whatever. And what I realized was when I was able to start pulling away and, you know, what is? So I know the facts are the man's always had difficulty managing his finances. But when I stepped back and I started asking questions and stopped reacting to my judgment to him, uh, I decided I'm going to do this practice of thanking him when he sends the check and stop complaining and putting him down when he doesn't. And this incredible thing happened. On one level, I felt less angst. I still had the financial challenges, but I wasn't swimming in this story of him being a bad person. I was acknowledging that he's always had difficulty managing money. And what happened that was even more amazing was he started coming back. And when I would say, thanks for the check, I appreciate it, no matter how much it was, he, I started getting in return, don't thank me, I appreciate you waiting, I've really had a hard time. And I'm not, we have a very rocky relationship, but the moments that show up different are c- completely connected to where I've been able to let go of the judgment and the reaction that comes with the judgment that spurs on his reaction to my reaction and this whole storm that ensues. And so it's really 
an incredibly difficult, I want to say that it's a very difficult, slow process to get there, but it's so worthwhile because you begin to see more, more peace um, in your interactions. Yeah, I, I agree. I have clients that when they, you know, when their spouse is late bringing the kids or, or they're, you know, and they just immediately get into, um, oh, they always do this and this, that. Meanwhile, maybe, you know, the kids were, there's another way to look at it. The kids were having a good time. They didn't want to stop what they were doing. And, you know, when you give a little room, a little leeway and looking at it a different way, you you don't have to have that angst inside of you. You know, you can just say, well, maybe this is just the way it's going to be going forward and I need to accept it. And I think that I'd like to share, uh, we'll talk about this again at the end, but there's a tool because the truth is whether you were left or you're leaving for whatever reason that you find yourself here and now, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of upset. There's a lot of disappointment, and a great thing to do is to purge yourself of all of that. And so, uh, so often I see you know email attorneys, matrimonial attorneys hate email. They're like, please do not text and email your soon to be ex and put all this down in writing. I strongly recommend that you. Um, Consider creating a journal. I don't journal with pen and paper. I'm always on the computer, so I open a Word document, and it's like, dear soon-to-be-ex, whoever that is, and then just anything you want to say, any of your, all of your stories, just purge it out, all of your judgments, purge it out, just write it down, and you this, and you should have that, and all that, and get it out, and then once it's on paper, you can actually go back and start saying, well, where are the facts and where are my opinions? Because that's that's the key. What's factual and what's an opinion? So the fact is, in my marriage, there were always financial problems. And and my ex always spent tomorrow's money yesterday. Um, in fact, he had a statement. He said, I'm just deficit spending like the rest of the country. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that was the fact that what it, for whatever reason, he was caught in that. The story that I created around the, the judgment of him being selfish or him being, you know, all of the words that I could put on him, that part um, is what added to to the discomfort and the emotional angst. And so if you if you write and you have a journaling letter and you just keep writing in there about the past and even about the present and get it out and then you can look at it and begin to explore what's fact and what's opinion. And that's really the key with judgment. What's fact and what's opinion. And when we can start separating those two, we really can start making some headway into um uh, moving out of judgment and into something more helpful. I I also I agree with that. That it, the journaling has helped so many of my clients. They never have to read it again. They never have to share it with anyone. But putting it down releases so much, and they all mostly everybody says that they feel such um, relief after that. And another way of letting go of judgment is acceptance. And I know it doesn't have much to do with divorce, but having come from a mother that went through the Holocaust and now Ellie Wiesel, who just passed, um, she taught me 
uh, about accepting what is because she was a woman who went through horrific times and could have come out bitter, angry, hateful of people, fearful of people, distrustful, but she was not any of those things. She was very loving and very kind and trusted people going forward. And I think having, you know, using, and, and so is Ellie Wiesel just preached love and kindness for all people, not just, you know, people who went through the Holocaust. And I think if we could, if they can learn how to accept what was done to them, and I'm putting that in air quotes, you know, what was done to them, we can, you know, we can accept what was done to us and move on so that we can go on. I mean, they could have stayed in a very negative place, but that would not be a life really that was very fulfilling. And, you know, acceptance is so incredibly powerful. Uh, when when we can say, and, and I'll just use this, my own situation that I just um, described, when I was able to say, okay, what I know is there have been financial issues since since the day I met this person. Does does that make him a bad person? No, no. It makes him a person who doesn't, and, and for whatever reason, can't handle finance as well, but it doesn't, when I take the judgment of him, he's bad as a result. So what do I accept? So I don't expect him to show up differently. If he does and he learns, that's awesome. But in the meantime, and whatever your spouse's thing is, if you have a spouse who's emotionally unavailable, right? Um, however that shows up, whether it's uh, an executive who works too much or someone who stays home and smokes pot, if they're emotionally unavailable and you simply accept, okay, you know, it, we all have our reasons for why we have our shortcomings, but what I do know is this person's emotionally unavailable, this person's a spendthrift, this person, you know, it, is uh, 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 controls a lot. I know that that's how they are, and I know that that's how they've shown up for the X number of years that I've been married. Chances are, I can expect that they'll continue to show up that way. If I take my judgment away from it and I simply accept that that is what is, what happens is we have more, we have less angst because it's just a factual thing. And then we can say, okay, well, if I know that's what it is, what do I do about it? What do I do about an emotionally unavailable spouse who's not available for my kids? Okay, so now I can start creating strategies. Um, when, when we're not accepting it, when we're just judging it and we're just wanting it to be different and wishing it should be different and condemning them for not being different, it just adds, it adds angst to every end of the situation. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's a quote Maya Angelou says, when people show you who they are, believe them. And I just think if they weren't, uh, you know, if they acted a certain way during the marriage, why, why are you expecting them to act differently during the divorce. Well, that's exactly it. And, mm -hmm. and, and what happens is, so when we're in judgment, what does it do to us? First of all, it brings, it brings that emotional energy down to a place that's fairly unproductive for us. It also stops us in our tracks. And I'm just going to run through a couple of different examples. Um, it keeps us from moving forward, our judgment. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't tell my ex I want a divorce because he will absolutely uh, flip out and, you know, and I'm afraid for my life. 
Um, I can't set boundaries because if I set boundaries with my family, they'll they'll all leave me. This is this is this is these are opinions, right? These aren't facts. There's a big difference. Um, people my age don't get hired um, because you know because people they don't hire people over fifty or or you can't st- I can't start over because you know I I don't have enough education to start over or. Um, my husband's destroyed my relationship with my kids, and my kids will never um, be close to me again. Like the, I could go on and on about all of these statements that that we say as if they're fact, and when we can when we can separate it out, that this is what I see, this is factually what I see, and then begin to explore the why a little bit more, the why and the what that's about and the what can I do about it. That's when we're opening up possibility. I think that um, uh, I had once heard the statement that there's there's um, what we know we know, there's what we know we don't know, and then there's the great expanse of what we don't know we don't know. And and in there lies all of possibility, and the way to enter that is through inquiry and curiosity. Yes, my, I had a client that was, she was mourning the loss of her marriage terribly. And then she became curious and realized that her needs had been ignored and neglected and boundaries were not respected, but she hadn't thought about that during um, until she afterwards when we were coaching and she said wow that's not the way it is or you know that that's I wasn't being my boundaries you know she questioned you know, if her boundaries were being respected her perception changed and it allowed her to be in more of a place of acceptance and it's only because she went outside that box of what she thought she knew that um, allowed her that freedom yeah and curiosity is really um it's a very conscious thing to do right i think that as we go through we go through life with our stories and I, you know i love using the term sleepwalking i feel like i slept walk through a good half of my life and you know tripped over men and started dating them and tripped over jobs and started working them and and all of this and curiosity really um invites us to step back and inquire, inquire what we're doing, how we're doing it, why we're doing it, how we're thinking, what we're choosing to believe. It's just this huge opening. In order to step out of judgment, we have to begin to challenge our thoughts, our opinions, and and separate out fact from fiction, fiction being the opinion. We detach, we begin to forgive what is, we begin to accept what is, and we begin to consider what might be that's that which we don't know that we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to share a quote um, that I found on curiosity. I just thought it really um, summed it up very nicely. A curiosity mindset leaves you open to countless possibilities and perspectives and increases your capacity to adapt and to be resilient. Whereas a judgmental frame of mind leaves you closed and unlikely to embrace other more positive ways of seeing things. And so it's like judgment, 
we're in a, a small, uncomfortable, closed room, whereas curiosity, it's like we're, we're open to the entire landscape. We're open to everything that might be possible. So maybe the title of the show should be Curiosity Didn't Kill the Cat. Yeah. You know, it's it's a good thing. Curiosity is a very good thing. That's very funny, right? Because that statement suggests quite the opposite. Um, it's believing that there are things we may not know about the other person. I was coaching this one woman. She's all her kids are in their twenties, um, and she's so she was married twenty some odd years. She's got children in her in their twenties, and she just knew. It's like she knew exactly why her husband was doing what he was doing or her soon-to-be ex. She knew what her adult kids were going to say. She knew, she knew, she knew. And it was so interesting to help her see this. It's like she put herself in this closet. Well, if you know everything, then there's nothing left. And everything you know kind of sucks because there's so much judgment attached to it. So no wonder you're feeling so discouraged and disempowered because you've locked yourself in the closet of knowing and there is no other possibility. And when she got that, it was like this light bulb went off. And and still her answer was, I don't know what to do about that. I'm hearing you now and I'm actually feeling even more discouraged. And then we started saying, well, let's just inquire. You know, what if your son isn't doing that for that reason? Like, what's any other possibility? And when you start doing this, it, it's going to make perfect sense if you say, there is no other possibility. What if, I can't see one. Help me. Mm-hmm. And that's where having healthy friends as sounding boards and that's where coaching comes in where it's like we begin to explore and 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 open the possibility that there are other perspectives and then once you get used to doing that then all of a sudden you're like okay I don't think for the life of me it's this perspective but I'm at least going to put it on the table that's a great start And then all of a sudden you're saying, okay, so maybe, like you were just saying earlier, Sheila, maybe she wasn't trying to get my goat by bringing the kids back late. Maybe, you know, they were really enjoying the beach this weekend and they lost track of time and the fireworks were going off and maybe it was actually all really good. And what harm did it really do? Okay, so let's put that on the table too. So that's a possibility. Um, oh, yeah, she's always late for everything. So maybe she was just showing up as herself and she wasn't doing it to hurt me or to annoy me. So, oh, we'll put that on the table, too. And and now we're starting to see the judgments that we can drop and the possibilities that that come to the to the forefront as a result. Yeah, which gives a lot of peace, a lot of peace. The other thing that's in terms of the communication, because there's so much communication that's very hostile during divorces, curiosity makes for a great listener and communicator. So if you're listening to this show, I encourage you to grade yourself on a scale of one to 10. And we can do it two ways. With your soon to be X, how good of a listener are you and how good of a communicator are you and communication is listening as well as speaking 
scale of one to 10, rate yourself. And then on a scale of one to 10 out in the world with your colleagues or um, family or what have you, how good of a listener are you? And how good of a communicator are you? Curiosity makes a great listener and a communicator because you're totally open to hearing or seeing what you didn't know and assimilating it into the bigger picture. And so if you find yourself having a conversation with your soon-to-be ex and saying, why did you do that? And as they're explaining it, you're actually just coming up with your retort um, or your analysis of why they're you know, lying or wrong or what have you, you're not listening. And And so when we completely listen, when we drop our story and completely engage in a conversation and listen, I'm not asking you to accuse, I'm asking you because I'm curious. Uh, It's so powerful. It just opens up communication and anything that can open up healthy communication during divorce is really valuable. We have an article, well, I have it on my mind, on the website, it's called Um, perspectives and opinions or opinions and perspectives. If you search those words, uh, Lisa Brick wrote a brilliant article on communication and curiosity, which would, which would dovetail this show very nicely. I I have a great story I'd like to share. Also a client of mine was um, she, her daughter, whenever her daughter would come off the school bus, she always was had an attitude. Her mom felt and, just in a bad mood. So her mom would always have angst going to the school bus and going to pick up her daughter anticipating this anxiety, you know, about this, her daughter coming off the bus with an attitude. And then getting curious. I, I encouraged her to get curious and find out what's behind this, what happened at school or what's going on that this is happening. So here we go. We asked a question, like she went up one day to her daughter after school and said, why do you always come off the bus so full of angst and her daughter turned to her and said because I'm anticipating you meeting me with a lot of angst mom so (laughs) basically they were just both in this cycle this vicious cycle and nobody was talking about it until they opened it up and said what's going on here I really want to know I'm not judging it I just want to know because I don't want to live like this anymore and it was as simple as that from then on it was just so much more peaceful. It was a better interaction going forward, just asking the question, why? You know, that that's the, the next point that I was going to make, that, that story just perfectly um, frames it. Under every accusation or snarkiness that we experience um, is a request for help from the other person. And what your client did, right, when we seek to find out what that request for help is underneath, we put ourselves in the optimum position to be generous to others um, and and to, um, and to have a more productive engagement. And your client, by instead of just reacting back, opened up a new conversation and completely melted away um, this thing that was going on between them. And I'm not saying it's going to be quite that easy when we're dealing with, you know, the person that we're divorcing, but the impact is the same. You can rapidly, in a moment, um, melt away, diminish so much of the 
tense and stressful emotions by being open to the other person and being open to the possibility beyond the story you've been telling yourself. In fact, um, when you hear someone accusing you, when your when your spouse um, accuses you or complains. As coaches, we always ask open-ended questions, and that's what I would encourage you to do. An open-ended question cannot be answered with yes or no. I always tell my clients who have teenagers to always ask open-ended questions so you can engage in conversation. But with your spouse, if they're accusing, you know, help me to understand. I can see you're upset. Help me understand what that's about. Anything that opens up a you, you ask a who, a where, a what, a why, a how question, and ask it with true curiosity, wanting to hear the answer. And you'll notice the first time you do it, you'll in the back of your head, it's like, I know the answer already. That's the voice we want you to slowly get rid of. Um, so you ask the question, really listening and wanting to know the answer. And you may notice those preconceived beliefs, and you, if you can suspend them, you will most likely find out something you didn't know before, even about that person you've been married to for 15, 30, 40 years. Yeah, and when you change the way, there's a, another quote, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So something that might have caused you angst before or you might have had a trigger from, if you look at it differently and you say, well, through acceptance, through whatever, through the discussion, through the communication, then it doesn't bring up that negative energy anymore for you because you changed it. You changed the way you looked at it, whether it was through acceptance or communicating or understanding. And I always talk to my clients about the dance. And so however long you've been with your spouse there's a dance that you do at first it was a really nice loving romantic dance and then it started getting into blame and accusation and feeling unappreciated and all of that stuff and so in in this particular show uh, we invite you to look at your part in uh, the judgment dance and in every interaction and to start when you notice and you drop, you drop your old way. It's dropping your old way of thinking. It's dropping your old way of reacting and try it. You've got nothing to lose. Step into a more, uh, a more curious interaction. And when you change your dance, even if you're the only one changing the steps of your dance, the dance changes. They, they might step on your toes, they may move away, they may walk off the dance floor, but the dance changes. And so as we change, the world around us does change. And as we let go of judgment, and I see it with my ex, I saw it when my dad was dying and I was very judgmental of his, his wife who wasn't treating him well, each time in my life that I've been able to let go of judgment, things opened up that I never would have expected, positive, productive, helpful, um, wonderful experiences have opened up as I let go of my judgment and moved into curiosity. And it's an ongoing practice. That's, you know, it's journey beyond divorce because in our belief, everything's a journey. It's like we start 
And I'm going to get, um, as we wrap up, I'm going to get into the practice because our practice is also kind of like this ongoing journey. But it's a journey of starting by by noticing and and kind of moving through the steps. And the more we attend to ourselves and how we do things and how we engage with the world, um, the more we refine ourselves and the more we heal and get healthy and the more uh, likely we are to engage in, in more and better um, relationships with, with everybody in our life. Yeah, and I, I like to say communication is really important. Just, and it's an old, another saying I like to go by, but say what you mean, just don't say it mean. Because that will change everything about the communication and it will be much more productive. And the, the goal is peace. That's what we want. We want more calmness, joy, and peace. So just say what you mean, just don't say it mean. You know, that reminds me of a book I read called Fierce Conversations, which I think is a great book um, by, um, I think it's Susan Scott. And one of the things she says is when we're engaged in discussions or certainly in arguments, if we have an emotional charge to us and we're delivering information, but we're delivering it wrapped in what she called the emotional load, she said the the message is completely lost. The only thing that other person receives is the, the emotional load. And what you're saying, say what you mean, but don't say it mean. In general, when you want to communicate something, if you're saying it with a tone of voice, with a tone of face, with an attitude, with, with, with dripping and condescension or judgment, you can pretty much guarantee that the person who you're talking to did not receive any of your content. They're drowning in your emotional load, but they have not received any of the important content that you tried to communicate. So dropping judgment allows us to drop a lot of that attitude and tone so that when we have something to say, the person can actually hear what we're saying. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, you know, as we begin to wrap up, uh, we always leave you with a practice and a tool. And the practice is really going to start sounding very similar from show to show because there's three vital steps in everything we talk to you about that as you walk through these three steps, you will see incredible progress. The first one is awareness. Each time you listen to a show, for you to take a step back and say, in this show, where do I judge? Let me write my email, you know, about my past and look and analyze where I'm judging. Let me listen to my conversations, even if it's after the fact. I want to step into awareness. The more mindful, the more conscious we become, of how we engage, um, that's step one. So the first thing is for us to become more and more aware of our part in how we engage, more aware of our part in judgment. And that's the second step is what we talked about earlier, which is acceptance. And part of it is also personal acceptance. I had a client recently who said, I always interrupt and finish people's sentences, but it's because I want them to understand that I know what they're talking about. And so we talked about where that works well and where it doesn't work well. And and the next 
session we had after that, she had so much more awareness and stopped stepping on other people's verbal toes by finishing their sentences where it wasn't productive and appropriate. So, and each time that she gets into a conversation now, it's on the forefront of her mind to not only be aware, but to accept that this is what I do and I'm not going to beat myself up because of it, but I am going to start determining where I find the behavior okay or even positive and where I'd like to stop. So first awareness and then acceptance. Accept that you are in the midst of divorce. Accept that you have been married to someone who has certain shortcomings. Accept that you have certain shortcomings and you're doing what you can to work on them. And then the final piece is action. And the action uh, is what are you going to do differently? Once you're aware of the behavior, what are you going to do differently? So today, we encourage you to stop, reflect, and ask. Okay, so the awareness is, what am I judging? And what would curiosity look like? And I'll give you an example. Judgment. I know I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. Curiosity. I'm curious what companionship awaits me in the future and how it will unfold. Another one, judgment. My relationship with my kids is suffering because my ex keeps putting me down in front of them. Curiosity. I want to strengthen my relationship with my kids and I'm curious what they need, how I can speak to them differently, and what I can do to improve things. So stop reflect and ask is is your first um, tool and then and then the second one is the acceptance each day just noticing when you're in resistance of what is and and trying to shift to what if I just accepted it is and then the bonus exercise the action is that journal writing that we talked about um, in the form of a letter to your ex uh, or just a journaling, whatever works for you to be able to get down on paper all the judgment that you feel to purge it and then to start looking at it and seeing where you might want to play around with some new curiosity. Sound good? That sounds great. Great tools to use going forward. I also want to remind our listeners that this is a 12-step series that we're doing on Journey Beyond Divorce. And if you've picked up at this step, you may want to go back to the archive and start with step one and walk through from beginning to end with us. And you can find us, of course, on DivorceSourceRadio.com, JourneyBeyondDivorce.com, or on LinkedIn. Uh, We provide different information out there, as well as Stitcher and iTunes Radio. So you can find us all over the place. And this is a great series. Karen, why don't you explain to our listeners how they can reach out to you? Because I highly recommend if you're going through this process, you don't have to do it alone. Go with the pros, as they say. And and I believe in what you do, Karen. So how do our listeners reach out to you? 
Thanks, Steve. Uh, I'm going to suggest a couple of different things. If you're not ready to engage personally, um, you know, our website is filled with articles and um, and podcasts, so you can go to journeybeyonddivorce.com. We have an ebook called Stepping Out of Chaos, which talks specifically about um, awareness, acceptance, and action and helps walk you through that. But if you're ready, if you're really, if you want a sounding board, if you want to connect, um, you can reach out to us. And the first coaching session is always on the house. We want to make sure that we're a good fit. So you can go to the website, you can fill out the contact form or look up the complimentary session in the sidebar. And one of our coaches will reach out to you and you will engage in a full uh, coaching session and um, and we know that regardless of whether or not um, whatever happens after that session you'll walk away with new awarenesses and a lot of value and the final thing is we have a community on Facebook so if you just look up Journey Beyond Divorce Community and ask to be invited in we've got hundreds of men and women who are supporting each other who are sharing both their pain and grief as well as their success and um, accomplishments and it's a great um, people say I found my tribe so it's a great place to be if you're feeling a little bit isolated and alone in this process and finally I do want to say our next show is step seven it's owning your role in the dissolution of your marriage it's actually all about we explore the stories we create and believe and the impact that they have on our unfolding circumstances and we give you an an essential step uh, to create a new life so please tune in all right thank you Karen thank you Sheila great show I look forward to talking to you next time At Journey Beyond Divorce, we know that sometimes the most powerful support we can offer is to help you process the storm of emotions you're experiencing and gently challenge the beliefs that are keeping you stuck. The way Karen delivers her program is that she validates the feelings, the emotions, the ups, the downs. She hones in on the specifics that really talk to that particular person when they're going through this crazy emotional time let us be a beacon in the midst of this crazy emotional time book a free lifeline call with us to help lift the fog and begin practicing new ways of thinking being and doing that better support you as you journey through and beyond divorce our gift to you is taking that first step with you on your free Rapid Relief Lifeline call, where we help you navigate the emotional and logistical turbulence of separation and divorce. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call.